Hello, everyone. It is Rudell here from Behold the Connection. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. I was about to say this week's podcast episode, which would have been fine also, but but I hesitated. Anyways, I am someone that shows up on Instagram regularly and within this space as well. You can find me on Instagram at Behold the Connection. I do a lot of Instagram stories. There's a lot of highlight bubbles there with lots of truths. Um information on my parenting course, which is at beholdtheconnection.podia.com, P-O-D-I-A. You can also just Google search being a happy and connected parent. I talk about it every time I do a podcast and um, I always forget until I'm right here in front of the microphone to, to grab one of the latest reviews. Let me see if I can pull one up really, really fast. Um, today's episode, while I'm doing that, today's episode is going to be one where, depending on where you're listening from or where you live, it may apply more or less, but basically it's this, this concept, um, this new news of how our kids are going to be going back to school. And so where I live, they just rolled out the plan And a lot of people aren't happy for various reasons. A lot of people are happy. There is emotions flying and opinions flying in all directions because people have different needs, right? And different expectations and different fears. And so what I'm seeing online is a plethora of differing, this isn't what I expected. This is what I had hoped for. Anyways, let me see if I can find that quote. I don't know that I see one. I'm trying to find the post. Doesn't matter. The parenting course is something that will just absolutely change your life. Uh, The first three modules of it teach parents how to feel their feelings and control their own reactions and choose thoughts that serve them. Choosing thoughts that serve you so that you can like the life you have. It is a powerful mindset shift. And then the remaining modules, of which there are many, is about connecting and compassion and strategies for parenting that are absolute game changers. Ah, here's one. Riddell has a way of not just teaching principles, but really getting alongside the parents and empathizing and showing them what the next small step is along with the big picture. And that was from Isla. Here's another one. Riddell holds your hand and helps you to understand yourself your own brain, and your children's brains. And she's funny. I like that. I learned so much. And that one's from Megan. Okay, moving on to this episode, which I've kind of already launched into. As always, my podcasts are off the cuff. And um, while sometimes I have some key points written out often, I just sit in front of this mic and let her roll. And that's what's happening today. I want you to know that No matter what your state or province just said they're going to do for back to school, and some of you, depending on where you live, may already be back to school. So I apologize if this is a little bit of a bummer. But anyways, for the rest of us, um, our power always comes from what we can control, not what we can't. We do not control other people and focusing on that will make you crazy. I'm going to just tell you too that as I roll through this podcast, the more that you can apply what I'm saying to marriage and parenting, um, the greater the lesson that will come from this episode for you because it's all the same. We don't control the school boards, the government authorities, 
or our partners at the end of the day, or our children. And so what I see 2020 is doing for us is we are getting a rapid immersion into what we can control. It is baptism by fire. It is it is daily work of, well, that's disappointing. What does disappointment feel like in my body? Process, process, breathe it, find it, find new thoughts that serve me. And then realize, as I'm finding the new thoughts that serve me, what is actually within my circle of control and what's just complaining. Because that is sort of how life goes. There's always going to be upheaval of different degrees and different experiences. And there's always going to be disappointment in ourselves and others, in our children, in our partner, in what the school boards and governments are choosing to do. This is life. So the better we can get at feeling anger, feeling disappointment, and marrying that with logic, what is within my control, or what can I actually have influence over, the happier we will be. The sooner that we can genuinely and mentally adjust from plan A to plan B, or sometimes from plan A to B, then C, then D, is the degree of happiness and peace that we will feel in this life. We don't need to be scared of disappointment. We need to process through it. And I think what sometimes we do, instead of processing and feeling it, we go online and we start ranting. (laughs) I think everyone's seen this just now. What is a proactive thing we could do that would fulfill that need to vent but not be contentious, not be, let's be honest, a lot of these vents you see online are just, I can't believe they do that. They're not thinking about that. Our kids are the, you know, whatever. I've seen a ton of them, of these type of rants. And they actually don't change anything. And what they do is they uh, fan the flames of discord and tension and contention for other people that are reading the comments. What comparatively, some people are verbal processors. So what could a person do then to process in that way, feel their feelings, say their piece and make a difference? Two options come to my mind as I get curious and think what is within my control that makes a difference. I could write a blog post or a a Facebook post and set it to public about ideas or Or I wish the government was doing this instead and try to get it to go viral so that the government or school boards notice. I could also email a copy of it to my principal and superintendent and things like that. I could also, exactly what I just said, I could draft a letter of my concerns to where I have some possible influence to my principal. Hey, I'm noticing the government is doing X, Y, Z. My concerns are A, B, C how can we mitigate those concerns? What are some thoughts? Um, What are you planning to do? I mean, our government has said that they're doing the broad brush strokes and it's up to each school board and specifically each school to do the fine brush strokes. Now, what you're going to see online is people saying, what a pass off. It's not a pass off at all. Let's be honest. My little, my kid's little school, a K to nine that does not have very many students in it is going to be a very different beast to navigate than the high school, you know, two hours away that has 1200 students. 
So it actually makes sense that each school is given a certain amount of autonomy to be able to run it in the safest and most and, and the best way. What would be really tragic and annoying is if the government said blanket things such as every school has to do this, but then a little country school can't apply that or a big school can't apply that. So I actually think it's wonderful that there's some autonomy there, but we need to take that on ourselves. So just as the school is filling in the the smaller brush strokes, we need to take that real detailed tiny brush as parents and fill the the extreme tiny detail in for our kids. What does that look like for you? Is, is it your kid having um, a hand sanitizer hanging off their belt loop that you're comfortable with? Is it making sure they go each day with five washable masks so that as they change their eat lunch, now they can put a fresh one on, sanitize? Is it making, is it helping your kids watch a YouTube or a government issued video on how to properly use a mask? There's lots of videos out there. Is it, what is with in your control, not what's without of your control. Spinning in being a victim will never make you happy in an unprecedented time like this. Everyone is doing their best, even if you're unhappy with it or disappointed with it or think they could have done it differently. And you may be right. But the fact is, one of the most powerful things you can say to yourself in trying times is, it is what it is. And what can I do now? I really lean into that a lot in my life. It is what it is. And what can I do now? So in my parenting course, I teach a lot about getting creative with parenting for problem solving. The more that we can calm ourselves and bring our prefrontal cortex back online, the logic and reason parts of our brain, we have brilliant brains, but we cannot access that wonderful part of our brain and have this integrated approach where where every part is working to its best. We cannot have that. My son just burst in on my podcast. <laughs> Close the door. I'll be out in a minute. Who else's kids are home? Everybody since March. Anyway, sorry about that. We, I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't edit this podcast, so you get what you get. I wish you guys could have seen his face, though. He opened the door and saw me in front of my mic, and his eyes got big like he wanted to die. Anyways, it's fine. Totally fine. See? Right there. Now what can I do in control? There's a live... Like, I'm not too fussed about it. Life goes on. If someone hates my podcast that much because that door just opened, they don't have to listen. I don't need to die on this hill. So going back, we need to get curious and wonder what is in our control. So at times I get it. It feels like so much is coming down from a top heavy approach that we're being told this is how it's going to be. This is how school's rolling out. But that we forget that we have choice. We always have choice. Even if it feels like we don't have choice, we do. We do not need to spin in victimhood. There's a podcast. It was one of my first five, I think. Um, about how every victim needs a villain. I really recommend you listen to it after this one. But essentially, the moment our brains release our power to someone else, a partner in a marriage, a child, a government body, a school board, a principal that we don't like, is the moment that we make them a villain. The moment we become a victim, our brains start looking for a villain. Our brains want to know whose fault it is so that we can fight 
flight, or freeze. Okay, right? That's what the lower brain does. So we need to calm ourselves. And by cal calming ourselves, one of the best ways, I'm just going to shoot it straight to you, isn't scrolling through threads and threads of other people's panic on Facebook. That will never bring your, your system to where it needs to be. How do we bring our, our parasympathetic nervous system online? Deep belly bre uh, breathing, thinking thoughts that serve us, being out in nature, going on a walk, activating our vagus nerve. But one simple and dumb way, but also effective way to do that is gargling. If you do that, you activate that nerve, you bring your parasympathetic system online, everything calms down. We go into rest and digest. When we are in rest and digest, we've told our brain, there's nothing to fear here. We can start we can start using our brain again. We can start thinking again. We can start problem solving. We can start thinking about things where we need our most savvy thinking skills, not our survival fight thinking skills. So when you so get offline, first of all, get your prefrontal cortex back online, get your system calmed down and start getting creative. How are you going to get creative? I'm going to throw out some ideas. So how we can get creative. First thing, we're going to just stop blaming everyone. If you don't like the government, vote a new one in. If you don't like your principal, uh, email your superintendent after talking to your principal, of course. If you feel unheard, you have so much more power than you think. If you don't like how schools are going back in, there's a million ways to navigate it. You can email our government where we live has said that throughout this next month before school starts, they are rolling out as much kind of individualized um, plans as they can for those students that are high risk at going back to school. So where we are, school's opening wide open with extra cleaning measures and social distancing. Some people love this, people that um, had to work the whole time. There's many people in my circle that have had to balance kids and full-time jobs. So this is the best case scenario. And one thing to consider too, when you're annoyed that school is opening in this way, Vulnerable populations of children need school for safety and food, okay? Not every kid has a home like yours. Schools play a very important role in, in less fortunate kids' lives. So we need to remember that when schools are opening. The next thing is that the people that are going to be saving your lives likely need school as a way, a safe place for their kids to be so that they can go work, okay? So so just because it, it's disappointing to you it could be a relief for many other people, truly. And for some people, some very vulnerable kids in youth, it could be a life-saving relief. We get so narrowed in on how disappointing things are to us that we forget that there's two sides to every coin, okay? So that's why I'm telling you, let's focus on what we can control. So here where school is opening wide up, there's many parents that feel very scared of the virus, very scared that their kids... Um, that other kids may not be wearing masks. There's a lot of fear around it all. Again, you can only control your child's experience and how you frame that to your child and the emails you send. Our Minister of Education and Health have very clearly said that if you have a child that really shouldn't be in school um, and exposed as much as the other children with the risks that our Minister of Health is willing to take, um, with the research showing that children don't have these same, many, most children don't have these same life-threatening reactions. That's the current research that she just said yesterday. Um, and hence is why she's comfortable opening schools in this way. If that doesn't apply to your child and your child absolutely could die, 
then it is up to you to to navigate that as you always have with an an amused immune compromised child my daughter for five years was anaphylactic to eggs and dairy we almost lost her twice as a baby truly she was limp in my arms i can tell you that i did not expect the world to change for her i did the best i could i personally met with each teacher at the beginning of the year i did what i could but I went to work managing the experience for her. So an example is, I reached out to my family when we were going camping once. Where we were camping was off the grid and the nearest hospital was two hours away. I reached out to my uh, sister and brother and mom that was going and I said, can people not bring this type of chip, Doritos? Could you instead bring this type or this type? Because even though my daughter won't be eating it, I worry about the cheese on fingers that touches the paddleboard or the, the sand toys. Could we stick to these type of chips and then at your own campground with your own coolers, do of course what you will. You don't need to modify your meals. I will handle the meals here. But could that one change be okay? Absolutely. Um, similarly with school, when she was, uh, actually, I'll, I'll give this example. When she was little, little and could barely talk in nursery at church, First, I ordered shirts for her that she wore to church that said, I can't remember what they said, they were a bright color and they said, do not feed me anything. And it was just a reminder for her little nursery leaders, don't feed her anything. And they, it was just a visual because they knew I had a little lunch for her. So that was something I did. She wore that shirt every day and I had a backup in the glove box in case I ever forgot on any other Sunday. What's the next thing I did? I went to the bishop of our ward, which is like a minister, and I said, can I actually be in charge of the nursery? I want to be in there with her. I'm still a bit stressed out, and I will buy all the nursery snacks. So then I took on that role, and I kept her safe because that was within my control. There is so much we can do if we're willing to get creative. How about if your school now, because of corona, can't run a hot lunch or community breakfast program? What if the same volunteers that did that did a once a week school surface cleaning spray with those same, you know, it's not as fun, but it doesn't matter. What if instead you modify it and in the spring and fall you do a a picnic day where each kid knows that day they bring their own little picnic blanket and their own picnic lunch and they all go out on their six feet apart and do little picnic things and maybe you have single use um, well, watermelon is single use, but you, maybe you hand out a watermelon to make a special and juice cups um, and everything is, you know, single use. No one's touching other things like there are ways to get creative to still bring about the environment that you want for your child. And if you're wanting the classroom cleaner, maybe you could um, donate cleaner. Maybe maybe the fundraising this year is less for field trips, which maybe kids can't go on anyways with Corona. I don't know. And maybe the fundraising goes to plexiglass dividers for certain things or setting up a little area of the room for the child in your kid's class that is very immune compromised so that he or she can still attend but has like a little safe cubby. I mean, there's a million options. Maybe your neighbor's child is very immune compromised, but both parents are frontline workers and need to work. And the mom is stressed out about that child riding the bus and you drive your children every day. Maybe you could offer to drive that child every day so that the child is in your pod and not on a bus with 80 other children. And then at the pod at school. If we get creative and pull together and speak to and work within our spheres of control, I think you'd be surprised how much you can affect. I haven't even spoke to the option of homeschooling. I haven't even spoke to the option of asking your principal if your kid can go two days a week and then do the school at home three days a week. 
Where I live, school boards have made it clear that they will work with the parents. So give them a bit of time. It's still July. They're still scrambling. A little empathy here. They're scrambling, right? Give us some time. I have sent my principal an email with a bunch of questions I had so that I can decide what level of schooling I want for my children. I'm also being patient with her reply. I expect one in a couple of weeks or I expect a reply saying I don't know any of this yet. But I'm putting out there. I'm being proactive. I'm asking, hey, what's your plan with these things so that I can make my plan accordingly? I'm not trying to change her. Although I would be happy to send an email to saying, would you be willing to consider this, this, and this? Or as parents, could we fundraise for this, this, and this? I would be absolutely willing to do that. That's within my sphere of control. Sending, also telling my MLA how I feel about certain things. All of those. That's called being a doer, okay? But there is something to be said about seeing what's within your control. I see so many things saying, I can't homeschool. We both have to work. It's such a powerless place to be. And what I'm going to say is so extreme that you're going to want to reject it. Your brain is going to want to reject it. But before I ever gave away that power, if one of my kids I felt could die at school, and if my husband and I both had to work full time to keep up our lifestyle, I would sell our house and downsize so that I could only work part time or not at all so that I could homeschool my child to keep it alive during this virus. I would not be mad at the government and the school that they're, you know, doing things for the majority of people. I would do what I needed to do to protect my child. It's my child. That's a powerful position, not a powerless position. The more that we take ownership of the life that we want and that we can provide if we get creative or are willing to sacrifice or are willing to make hard choices instead of putting it all off on other people the happier we're going to be and the less disgruntled. Truly. The other thing I want to toss out there that I plan to do a whole podcast on is pros and cons. There are pros and cons to every decision you make in life. I grew up homeschooled. There were things I liked about it and things I absolutely hated. My kids go to public school. There are things I like about it and there are things I absolutely hate about it or feel annoyed by or whatever word you want to choose. This is life within each circumstance that you choose who you marry, where you live, what your job is, there is going to be things that are wonderful about it. And there's going to be things that are annoying about it. I'm sure if you ask my husband, he could tell you the things that are annoying about being married to me. But I I also know he reroutes his mind all the time to the things that are awesome about being married to me. And I do the same for him because we just have made our peace that everything in life has pros and cons. And the more that you can make peace with the cons and have empathy for the cons and the people making the big education decisions and all this stuff, and the more that you latch on to the pros and run with that and and really let those pros multiply in your mind and look for more and tell your brain, find more pros to this because I'm liking this. The more the happier you will be. There are pros and cons to everything, whether you send your kids to school or keep them home. If you send them, there will be things about back to school, your principal, the teacher, your child that drive you crazy. And there will be um, pros and cons to keeping them home as well. There will be days where you think, I made the best decision in the world. And there will be days where my mom homeschooled us and she says, there were days I wanted to throw you out the window and there were days you wanted to throw me out the window. There is just cons to life. The key is to find the pros and reroute your brain to them over and over again. 
because what's the alternative? The alternative is seeing what I'm seeing online. People acting like victims, powerless, spinning in all the cons, acting as though they don't have a say in their own life, which is extremely powerless. And basically, you know, hitting their head against a brick wall. Find your power. Do not be a victim. Don't make someone else the villain. And march forward. March forward with confidence and an awareness that nothing is ever perfect. It's your thoughts that give you the experience. All right, I've gone on long enough. I don't want this too long. I hope that this put a bit of a wind at your back in a tough love way. I hope it made you feel empowered. I hope it started getting your brain looking for creative solutions for your kids, for whatever your family needs for an education. And I hope you know that I'm in the thick of this with you. I'm at this moment weighing out pros and cons to sending my kids or keeping them at home for my kids, for their personalities, for me, for my personality, for my workload of Behold the Connection and grad school and all the things that I have going on. So I wish you well. We've got this. Don't go into victim mode. Stay powerful. Stay strong. Stay proactive. All the best. Till next time.